God, I'm telling you. My dogs are barking today. But man, my dogs are barking. Welcome into My Dogs Are Barking podcast. And today we have a special episode from the Clarion Ledger. Stefan Kroshnik is with, with us today, joining us in today to talk about Mississippi State, kind of where the now the dust has settled, where the Bulldogs find themselves here about a month before the season starts. Um, but man, we are so thankful for you being here today. Welcome in. Uh, how was SEC Media Days? What was it like? It was a blast, man. It, it really was. And, you know, the event traditionally was kind of held every year in, in Hoover um, slash Birmingham there. And, you know, it's transitioned out to kind of being a rotating event last year was in Atlanta, which was a blast. And anytime you, you like this year have the event in Nashville, it's always a good time. So, uh, you know, great chance to learn about, you know, some of these teams coming into the SEC this year, a lot of, you know, moving pieces across the board, as you can imagine, got the portal, you got a lot of big names as you have every year that, you know, go toward the NFL. So, um, certainly an interesting offseason in the SEC and Media Days kind of provides that opportunity for you know, everything to kind of get together to kind of learn, you know, what maybe you didn't know about some about the or know about some of these teams and uh, and kind of get to this point where now all we're all we're really thinking about is let's get those games going. Right. <laughs> right. Of course. And, uh, you know, you cover Mississippi, Mississippi State. And and I just want to tell you, we're thankful for what you do just as, as a well, fan base, because. That. Uh, while we enjoy reading what you write and listening to your input, um, then we kind of go on about our day. But you, my man, you receive emails all day, I'm sure, from, from gr grumpy old men, so to speak. And so thank you for what you do. And I know it's it's a lot and it's not a it's not just nine to five. You're doing things all the time. Um, but when you think about Mississippi State, where do when the dust settles? Where do they stand? I know some questions we were wondering is what's you know, what's Zach Arnett going to be like? Uh, as the guy at SEC, his very first SEC media days, yeah. um, you know, but we weren't, we're not having to ask questions like who's the quarterback going to be, uh, or, or will there be anybody on defense we can rely on? Those questions seem to be answered. Um, and yet, even though there is some optimism about Mississippi State, there's also some question marks. Where do you kind of think Mississippi State stands here a month before the season starts? You know, I think they're in a good spot considering everything that went on this past offseason, right? And, and specifically with, you know, the loss of Mike Leach and what a, a tragic circumstance that is to, and on top of which you're dealing with, you know, that circumstance while trying to, you know, have a football team together, right? You're, you're trying to get through that bowl game. You're trying to get to this, you know, spring practices. You're trying to, you know, Zach Carnes trying to put together a roster. And, and I think that's why it was smart on Mississippi State to kind of be, you know, so quick props to, to President Keenum and, uh, you know, Bracky Brett, who was interim AD at the time to, you know, say, you know, right away, hey, okay, Zach Arnett's the guy. Like, we get, you know, there's signing day in a week, right? Like, we, Mississippi State had to move quick, and they did. And I think that's why, relatively speaking, they're in a good spot going into this fall camp. Now, there's there's going to be changes, right? The offense is maybe not as drastic of a change as some people expect, but there's going to be some changes, right? You're learning new terminology, a different scheme, some different pre-snap stuff that that you got to incorporate. And I think, you know, you saw some some rustiness with that in the spring. And I think you'll see some of that early in fall camp and maybe even, you know, early in the regular season. But for the most part, considering what Mississippi State had to go through these past, you know, six, seven months or so, um, I, I think they're in a good spot. And, and I think, you know, kind of what you were alluding to earlier with, you know, there, there's obviously doubt from that national perspective of what Mississippi State can do. And I'm sure locally, some people have some doubts as well. I mean, listen, I, I I personally think Zach Arnett will do a great job with this team, at least in year one, just because of 
you know, the veteran presence that they have. But I understand why some people may doubt, right? Like it's a coach that has never been a head coach before. People don't really know too much about him and Kevin Barber. And I think that's why you saw Mississippi State voted last in the, the SEC West uh, in that preseason poll that came out uh, last week. So it, it all kind of makes sense to me why there's some doubt around the program. I personally think they'll maybe be better than some people expect. Um, and, and I think a testament is that of, of what, you know, Zach Arnett was able to do, you know, here in the offseason and kind of what the administration was able to do to kind of keep everything together. And, and, and yeah, there's question marks. I think safety is a big question mark, right? I think you, you've got, you know, tight ends that I think should be pretty good, right? But we haven't really seen them too much yet. You got guys coming in from the portal, you guys from defense that have moved over to be, you know, tight ends. So there's some questions there. Um, but overall, with the veteran presence on this team combined with, you know, how quickly Mississippi State was able to get this coaching staff together, I, I think they're in a pretty good spot. And Stefan, when, when you think about um, the, the media and how they kind of they kind of rank, you know, where teams will be and kind of have their their predictions, um, is it the fact like do, do you think the reason Mississippi State was picked to finish last was because they looked at it and thought, man, this is just I just I don't think they're going to be a very good team, or do you think? it was the positivity of other teams going forward. Like it seems like, I mean, we always seem feel this way every year. It seems like Texas A&M has their act together. We'll see. Uh, it seems like Ole Miss is going to start rolling because, I mean, goodness, they have so many quarterbacks. One of them's got to hit, you know, Arkansas in year three, I believe, of Sam Pittman, maybe four, with KJ Jefferson. Like what What do you think it was that caused them to say, you know what, I don't, I think Mississippi State is going to be the, the worst in the West? Well, I think it's it's kind of a mix of both, which is a kind of a, I guess, a cheap answer there. But, I, you know, at the same time, you're looking at, at the end of the day, the SEC West is loaded, right? I mean, you know, Arkansas is not what they were a few years ago, right? Like Auburn was bad last year. And, you know, now I think, you know, say what you will about Hugh Freeze, he's proven that he can win, right? He can be successful in the SEC. You know, Texas A&M, like you mentioned, and there, there's belief every year with the talent that they have. Alabama and LSU, obviously, I think are in a tier of their own entering this season. And where does Mississippi State kind of fit in that mix? Well, from the from the national perspective, they have the most question marks, right? Like they're they're the you know, yes, Auburn's got a new coach too, and they're implementing a new system, but that coach has proven it in the SEC, right? Like Mississippi State with, with Zach Garnett, he hasn't necessarily proven it as a head coach anywhere, and I think that's where some of the the question marks, you know, come into play. And and as has kind of always been the case, Mississippi State never really gets that benefit of the doubt, um, which you know, I had an article come out this week that showed that. Maybe Mississippi State should get the benefit of the doubt sometimes. They don't finish as la at last um, as often as people, I think, believe that they do. You know, they've got more wins in the past decade plus than Ole Miss and, and Arkansas do. You know, why is State not getting a benefit of the doubt that maybe Ole Miss or, or Arkansas are getting this year? So I understand that, you know, perspective of it too. But I think at the end of the day, you're just saying, well, if I've got question marks about Mississippi State, well, you know, then they got to kind of finish last because Auburn and Arkansas and Ole Miss and LSU and Alabama, like they've got question marks, but they've also got, you know, super talented rosters and, and coaches that are, are somewhat proven, you know, in the SEC. So there's kind of this whole mixture of if, if you're a team where, where reporters don't really know your coach and, and have question marks, it only takes a few question marks in the SEC to be the team that finishes at the bottom, right? Just because of how good, you know, their teams in the West are. So I think it's kind of a, a mixture of both things of, there's programs like Auburn and AM that, you know, were toward the, or were at the bottom last year that you expect to take a step forward. Well, if they take a step forward, who's taking a step back? Mississippi State, I guess, in that sense, seems like the obvious answer just because of, of the new coaching staff. 
Yeah, and and you're right. And when you mentioned people don't, you know, when you you don't know who the head coach is, um, along with those other uh, other kind of things, you might assume it's very easy to just kind of write them off. And of course, Arnett right. is not going to be like a, a big uh, soundbite. He, he's the, he is so generic and uh, regular, especially compared to, to how Coach Le- Leach was. But he he seems ultra focused. Um, and, and, ultra and just, confident too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he he really. I it, it feels like he really does believe that Mississippi State is one of the premier teams and that and, and that Mississippi is the premier recruiting ground, which, um, you know, I sat here a, mo- a month ago, a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago with Tom Luganbill, and we were talking about how um, the, the recruiting in the state of Mississippi, it seemed as if Mississippi State had kind of gotten behind on uh, with finishing the year, the year before, especially with all the t- big-name teams coming in and getting the best recruits. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we have a day where – J.J. Harrell, Stonka Burnside, and P.J. Woodland all commit, and in the in in just a very very quick uh, snap of the fingers, Mississippi State is all of a sudden ranked 19th in the recruiting polls compared to 38th earlier that day. Yeah. Um, where what do you think that says about Arnett and and about where where Mississippi State hopefully like do you think that this is a trend in the right direction do you think this is just something that happens because he's a new coach and has new uh, confidence what are your thoughts no I think it's definitely a trend in the right direction I think it's a testament to you know what he said was wasn't false right like he said from from day one when, when he was introduced as head coach that you know recruiting Mississippi would be a priority for obvious reasons. I mean, there's so much talent in the state from the three stars to the five stars, even some of the unranked players, right? There's so much talent in the state that there's no reason that, you know, some of the years past, you've seen a lot of those big names leave, you know, Mississippi to go elsewhere. And I'm not even talking about just state, you know, I'm talking about Ole Miss too. They've missed out on some big players in the state. And it looked like JJ Harrell was going to be another guy that, you know, they would miss out on here. And I think just the, the concerted effort, not just on our nets part to say, we're going to recruit the state of Mississippi, but to go out and, and hire a guy like Chad Bumpus, to go out and hire a guy like Will Friend, to have a guy like, you know, Greg Knox behind the scenes, who's, who's that experience to, you know, to keep, you know, guys like, like Matt Brock on staff, right. To, to, to have these key guys coming in and returning that have experience recruiting Mississippi, it becomes different. I mean, if you're a guy like JJ Harrell, or you're a guy like, like Stonka Burnside and the guy recruiting you is Chad Bumpus and he's telling you, I'm from Mississippi. I went to Mississippi State. I had success at Mississippi State. I went on to, you know, to, to have a, a, an NFL career, a, a coaching career in college football. Like, why isn't that a guy you would listen to? Like, it, Chad Bumpus has been the obvious answer at wide receiver coach for Mississippi State the past few years. And not to say that, you know, Steve Spurrier or the late Dave Nickel weren't good. They, they did a great job recruiting. They did a great job in that air raid. But as you kind of make that transition to the office, Chad Bumpus was a guy that fit this system and kind of fit the personality of what Mississippi State needed in a recruiter. And, and it's no surprise that, you know, he's had that type of success recruiting guys in Mississippi. And I think across the staff, you see that kind of concerted effort, you know, with the personalities and the backgrounds of these guys that the Zach Garnett's been, you know, bringing in that, you know, him saying he's going to recruit the state of Mississippi was backed up by who he hired. And I was ba- being backed up, you know, by the results that they're getting on a recruiting show. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it provides provides some some kind of a boost of excitement for the fans, for Mississippi State fans, and of yeah. course they just for football. But then they just came off a great season in basketball. I mean, really, it seems like uh, you know baseball is kind of the thing going. What you know, what's next year going to be like? But 
the, the major sports of basketball and football really seem to be in a solid place for the first time in a long time where they're both kind of simultaneously, this is, this is good going forward. Um, and when, when you think about what you do, I mean, you have the ability to, to talk to athletes and talk to coaches who are on the premier stage in, in America. Like you think about college football is huge. The sec, yeah. you have a, I have a great privilege uh, for what you do. Um, and I kind of joked earlier on that it's not all, all fun and games, but when you think about what you have the ability to do, uh, as someone who, who covers a college football team, or just as a journalist in general, what's your favorite part about that? We know that there's long nights where everybody else is having a good time on Saturday night after a big game where you're alone writing. Um, so th those are some moments where they're probably not as exciting, but what do you enjoy the most about what you do? Yeah, I guess it's a, a bit of a two-part answer I'll give you. The first, and I think, you know, 99% of journalists, you know, in, in, in similar shoes would say the same thing of, you know, getting to, at, at a certain point when you talk to these athletes and coaches, we joke about it all the time. Like we'll ask each other, like, has there ever been an athlete you've interviewed where you've been starstruck? And a lot of the times the answer is no, because you just get to this point where like, talking to these athletes and coaches does feel like a job, but, but, but what's cool about it is getting to kind of know them. I mean, getting the opportunity to, you know, know who Mike Leach was kind of away from the football field, which he probably made more apparent than most people in his shoes. Right. Cause he talked about it so much, but, you know, getting to know Chris Jan, Sam Purcell, you know, people like that, you know, away from, from the court is kind of what the cool part is, right? Like you see the press conferences and, you know, the time that he's in front of a microphone and, and answering a question. But, you know, my favorite part is, you know, Chris Jan stepped down from that podium. You can walk up to him and just be like, hey, like, what, like, you know, you ran this play, like, you know, I don't want to make you like blast, you know, what play you were playing or, you know, putting out there for every team to know. But I'm just curious, kind of like as a, as a basketball junkie, junkie, like what you see? And he'll explain it. It's kind of cool just, you know, getting that opportunity to really talk to, to those coaches and athletes kind of away from, from the podium um and getting to know them personally i think is is really cool and the other part of it is you know i grew up in the chicago area and you know professional sports are are kind of the big thing there right like there, there's not i mean you know northwestern's big and, and the big 10 kind of you know is is there and, and purdue and indiana where i went i went to indiana um but professional sports kind of kind of rule the chicago sports scene it's awesome coming you know to the sec and getting to go to places like starkville where you got the cowbells and you know, you go to go to Alabama and you're seeing this NFL size stadium that's like built for these massive events and, and it's a college football game that's going on, right? Like you go into Baton Rouge and, and they're singing calling Baton Rouge, you know, under the lights and in Death Valley and and AM and say what you will about, you know, their chants and stuff like that. I mean, it's still a cool environment to go check out. Like the opportunity to to make these trips and kind of really learn about you know the fans and what drives them why you know mississippi state fans are so passionate why they care so much about you know winning the egg bowl like that kind of stuff i, I think is is probably my favorite thing from from getting this job is you, you become part of these communities whether you want to be or not like you know i i never thought that starkville mississippi would be you know some place i consider home but you know living here for two years now and i've loved the people that i've gotten to meet i love living in starkville i love going to you know mississippi state sporting events just to see you know how much these people care and and it's one thing when you're in chicago and you're watching on tv and you're thinking wow the cowbells must be loud you know those fans must be really into it but when you're sitting there and 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 it's you know the egg bowl a couple of years ago in starkville and and those things are humming and you're like you see why these people leave Thanksgiving plans to go to a football game, right? You learn what Mississippi State means to Starkville and to, to people in the state. And I think that's the coolest part, you know, about about being so entrenched into this, right? As a sports reporter, like, this isn't just, you know, moving here, 
writing about these teams and, and, and you know, going back home. It's about really getting entrenched in the community, really understanding why, you know, certain people are driven in certain ways. Um, and, and that's definitely been the coolest part for me. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the My Dogs Were Barking podcast. Thanks so much to Stefan Kroshnik for joining us today. Hail State, and we will see you next time.